0: Ready for the interview, and if you get a cue live on a laptop, watch what I'm gonna do. Welcome to the show, let them know we got a point of view. Hey, yo, let's have a combo. Say what you feel, be real, that's the motto. Real talk, pronto. Doctor D, PhD, hit an intro. Hold up, wait. Gotta be social, network, low boy, home for the local. Gotta be social, network, low boy, home for the local.
1: Many of us, if we're being honest, have given up hope on good sleep. But why? Well, if you're like me, you've tried everything and nothing has helped. So if we're not going to sleep well anyway, why try? That kind of thinking is so 2021. It's time to rethink our nights and days and demand more from our sleep. Talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. From earaches to strep tests, visit MinuteClinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit MinuteClinic.com for details.
0: Allison, how's it going? Good. How are you? How I'm are you good. Darian? I'm good. Very good. Thanks for being on uh, a fellow podcaster, right? You're also
2: podcast. Yes. I have a podcast called Integrate Yourself. How did you come up with that? Well, I originally started the show with a co-host and her and I would talk about how we'd notice all the people in our industry, both in the emotional coaching industry, the fitness industry, holistic health industry. they They would talk about a lot of things, they would think about a lot of things, but we had yet to see people actually integrate it. So what I wanted to do was uh present some aspects of that for people and so we thought hey how about integrate yourself because everybody's really do you know we're all like doing that anyway. So let's let's uh you know put the theme of the show how to integrate all this information that you're picking up and what you know just also have some discernment between what might be right for you and what might not. So that's how we came up with it.
0: So, what what have you learned about the integration since you've done your podcast? I mean, you've done a decent amount of episodes, right? So, I mean, yeah. You surmise from doing this.
2: Yeah. So, I'm on episode 140. Mm -hmm. So, I've been doing it for a while. Um, Yeah. and I, I just can you repeat the question one more time because I just slipped out of that. Okay. You know, that happens
0: to me too. You know, yeah. Sometimes I'll get on podcasts and somebody asks me a question. And I'm going on. I'm like, what the hell am I talking about?
2: Like, I know it happens. It happens more frequently than I'd like to admit. But yeah,
0: here I, I'm feeling you on this. I'm like, whoa, what just what just happened? But basically, like, what have you surmised surmised about integration? Since oh, you've yeah. been doing 140 plus episodes, any large thoughts you've had about all this since doing it?
2: Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of thoughts about that, and uh, what one one thing that um, I did because I had thought, wow, this is people really need a lot of help with this this aspect of it because we go to these retreats or we have these experiences in health and fitness or spirituality, mm-hmm. and then we don't know how to how to then bring it into our everyday lives and how to integrate that that aspect, that practicality aspect of it. And so that was a big reason I decided to write my book, Finally Thriving, because I wanted to help people by giving them some very simple tools that they could easily uh, work into their day and create a practice of integration for that. So I just found it to be a big problem, especially in this day and age where we have all this information coming at us from now so much on social media. We have, you know, uh, you know, the internet is, we have all the information at our fingertips, yet we aren't using the information and we don't know how to discern between the information so much. So that was where I thought people needed most, most of the help there was Um, The discernment behind that, as well as how to create a practice of integration in your daily life, because what we do 90% of the time is what becomes who we are and and it becomes our future. So starting to learn how to focus your energy into what you really want to create rather than the things you don't want to create, which we tend to focus on mostly, um, really shifts someone into being able to now, now that integration aspect uh, is totally doable, you know, because you're practicing a little bit every day.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. What do you see in terms of, you're talking about kind of emotion, these emotional journeys, mental health. Why do you think that's become a more prominent aspect of our business as we've moved along on this?
2: Uh, yeah, it, it is becoming more prominent. And I believe it's because many trainers, many people in fitness are seeing um, it both happen within themselves and with their clients. You know, mm. I remember the first time I started, um, I got into Paul check's work early on, if yeah. you're familiar with him and uh, and he taught me about the work in exercise exercise exercises, which he talks about in his book, how to eat, move and be healthy. And some of those exercises are, are, are all of them are geared towards specific chakra energy centers in the body and, and movement itself is, you know, just a basic squat or hip lift can really get that, uh, that basic chakra activated it can activate it can move emotions through so the motions we hold in those areas of our bodies get moved when we do when we do our movement when we when we uh really any kind of movement can can be a catalyst for this but Sometimes people don't know what to do with it. So, um, I started seeing this in my clients where they just start crying after doing a basic hip lift because they were moving energy through that they hadn't been moving before. And so, you know, an emotion is just energy in motion, basically, that's what it translates into. So, um, we are, you know, we are meant to move those emotions through our body, but yet a lot of it gets stuck in the body. And then that's where we find the restriction in the body and, uh, you know, are, are holding that tension because, um, we're trying to, you know, trying to contain it somehow. So, um, the movement itself, I think many fitness, many people in the fitness industry as we've evolved have started seeing this in their practice. And then somatic therapy has also gotten into the mix. Embodiment um, uh, stuff is also in there. So we're starting to see a lot of different aspects of how people can therapeutically um, move these emotions through with just simple movements, and it's 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 within our own body's Technology, which I think is super fascinating, that we have access to all this. It's just that we haven't been taught that. So,
0: speaking of being taught that, so do you feel that kind of the the health and wellness professional or fitness professional is is not prepared adequately to um, meet the demands of more emotional, social, spiritual. Aspects of our profession that are kind of pouring out into some different reasons why people are exercising now. We've gotten a lot of reports that people are exercising for mental, social, spiritual reasons, not necessarily for the physical aspects of things, which is what has been pounded into our heads forever.
2: Yeah, right. Well, I think we've shifted gears quite heavily this past couple of years, you know, and so I I believe that people are now needing that kind of thing more than ever, uh, because we were in a very stagnant place in a very still place for some time. And some people felt like that um, they didn't too, do too well with that. And so there's that aspect of it. The other aspect of it is that, uh, you know, exercise in itself used to be a gateway into the, the deeper aspects of your life. So you get your fitness, fitness tuned in, you get your food tuned in, and then that actually brings you into a much healthier perspective to bring in the more spiritual and deeper, exploration and for your life. And that was kind of the icing on the cake for a lot of people. Some people would just stop at the fitness and the nutrition, yeah. but now I'm, I believe people are, you know, seeing how much this is needed in their lives and they're, they're like, Oh, this is not a choice. anymore. I mean, it is always a choice, but the, the, they're just, it's necessary. It's more necessary now than I feel like it used to be. And so there's that, that side of it too. But, um, you know, the gym, it, you know, itself and that environment is, is not, uh, is, is limited in the capacity where you can't really go very far with that kind of thing. So I yeah. believe that's why a lot of fitness trainers are, are creating other environments, um, for, for that kind of thing, kind of like what Paul Check is doing mm-hmm. and some of his students. And, um, so they're creating more sacred, um, ceremonial places and retreats for people to then explore that part of themselves and then creating groups outside of that. So like, uh, on zoom or something so that people can continue to integrate, uh, that information. And that's really what I wanted to do too. I wanted to offer people some behind the scenes work because, We were all, you know, we have, we have so many things we can do that we don't, that's not a problem, you know, like, you know, podcasting content is not, it's not a problem to find content. Like you can get as much as you want, but the issue becomes, you know, how, what information are you going to use? How are you going to use it? How's it going to become, uh, you know, part of you, how are you going to bring this, these aspects into the whole and um, and so the book itself was just a lot of the behind the scenes work for for wellness and and growing uh you know that way from a wellness perspective, but also thriving in a way that you are also acknowledging all these aspects of yourself, your 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 mind, your your mindset, your physical, and your spiritual. So your intuition. And, and that kind of thing, and how to really, you know, giving people the tools they can do to to focus in on really and and create the body they want, create the life they want, be able to do the things they really want to not out of obligation, but out of joy, you know, so.
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It feels like we're moving towards this more whole care, seeing a person as the whole person and that. Um, and I think this is kind of crossing other industries, too. But like, I'm a person, which means that there's a lot to me, not just my physical being for that. But I think it's interesting when I was in college in like the 90s, we were actually talking about this, the wellness wheel and the hope. But it feels like it's taking a really long time for people to admit that we're more than just our physical selves for that. Yeah. Like, you know.
2: I know because I, we've known this for this forever, right? Stuff, I mean, it's not right? new stuff. No. Exactly. But I think that, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't really know what the problem is. I can guess that, you know, um, we some of us just aren't going out there and talking about it that way because we've been taught that that's not really acceptable. And, you mm. know, we're in the physical. We have to prove and defend before we believe something, you know, mm. and, and there's that also mindset and that's not even how science works. Science is like <laughs> an exploration. Like you don't right. know, it's like going into the unknown. So I'm not really sure where we pick that up, but, yeah. Um, but that, but, you know, when you're closed off in your way of thinking, which I think we have been for some time and we've been yeah. in a very limited mindset, but that's just where we were energetically. And I, and yeah. I, and I even think there's some, there's some merit to uh, where we are right now, uh, maybe even astrologically or, and, you know, maybe, and it's, there's also uh, some merit to the earth's frequency changing. So there's the Schumann resonance, which we are also with our bodies and our frequency are cal- recalibrating to as well. So there's definitely some energy shifts going on. We can't like deny. So yeah. I think what that does is also changes your consciousness. So then you become aware of more things, your perspective changes, um, especially since we had uh, the experience we did you know with being locked down and stuff it mm-hmm. like it totally changed people's perspective and when that right. happens then you do have a consciousness shift and and then you want to Now, maybe you want to, you know, focus on other things or you want to clean up your consciousness in some ways. So um, I believe that 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 could be part of it. And we were very comfortable before in our 3D reality and how things were going. And we were in the very much of the physical and we're just going into a different age where now we can also connect with the energetic pretty pretty more than we could before. We, I think we're aware of a lot more. So that's, that's how I see it, you know, and it's, it's in a way, it it is in a way an evolution of, um, of ourselves here because we're, you know, it, your consciousness is unlimited. And so when we start realizing that there's, there's, it's like the sky's the limit, you know? So yeah, I'm
0: actually doing a huge series on consciousness, like different forms of consciousness in the fall or so, and uh, I feel like the fitness professional is just woefully underprepared for this version of reality that we're experiencing. Yeah, that's
2: because that, especially
0: yeah. formalized education is nowhere near this. It's all clinical or clinician based stuff, yeah. which is not bad. That's good stuff. There's there's a that's a that's a limb of our industry, a branch, which is important. But it's like, it's not the only thing. I mean, it's like we're just not pro- the exercise professional, of the future to me is uh, way different than it currently is
1: now. So if you're I crafting agree.
0: this, if you're crafting this, all right, we're doing this right now. You're crafting the exercise professional of the future as this continues to evolve. What must this person learn in order to meet the demands of
2: their the,
0: the consumer they're working with?
2: Yeah, that I, I believe that that person really needs to clean up their own, uh, like work on themselves, focus yes. on themselves, yes. you know. <laughs>
0: I'm actually presenting <laughs> on this idea in July. It's about elevating your career through compassionate coaching practices. Yeah. And the big part of the presentation is as fiz- fitness professionals, you need to work on yourself first. Mm-hmm. You're going in there trying to clean up someone else's life but yours is a mess.
2: Oh, yeah. Like
0: You need yeah. to work on the self for anyways. Yeah. Well,
2: otherwise it just becomes a codependent relationship, <laughs> exactly. right? I exactly. Mean, you know? <laughs> right. And so- uh, yeah, to be a very effective coach, you, you, your you're guide, it's like you're guiding this person, but you're not getting your needs met through that person. Ideally, you know, if that's happening, if you're getting your needs met through that person, um, then that's something to think about and maybe go back and say, OK, what do I need to work on here Um around this, this topic, you know, and so that's another reason I wrote the book it was because a lot of coaches, you know, we're, we're, we're sacrificing, you know, we're giving, 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 and then we rarely think about how we receive. And, um, our relationship with ourselves because we're always focused on other people's relationships yeah. with themselves. But, like, how is your relationship with yourself? And most I, I'm finding too that uh, many coaches are starting to go in that direction. And I yeah. think that is beautiful. Um, it's going to probably involve sound and music too. I'm seeing a lot of people, including myself, starting to use voice, sound, music to help their clients as well and bringing that into the mix with, uh, with movement. So I think it's going to be evolving past that, that kind of CrossFit, yeah. um, competitiveness. Um, because I really didn't like the direction for a while that it was going in with the boot camp military yeah, kind of approach, yeah. you know, it, it's good for some people, but I think for the most part, and especially what from my experience, training many women, they just weren't resonating with that. So I, I find that that it it's better when you can help someone find the joy in the process of getting um, into a wellness routine that really works for them. So they are the creators of that as well. So as a coach, you're guiding them. I I thought like. Years ago, I would tell people what I thought were you know—works for me. What I thought would work for them, and that never worked because they weren't owning yeah. their experience of what they really enjoyed doing. And so now it's—it's it's like, what do you want? What do you want to be doing? What would you like to feel like? What would you like for your body to look like? You know, what activities do you want to be doing as it relates to wellness? Like, how? What is their dream? And so I think it's yeah. important to help them. First of all, uh, acknowledge that, and then teach them how to manifest that as well.
0: Yeah, I actually think our profession is much more complex than we initially thought it was going to be. <laughs> yes. I think we thought we're just on the beach lifting heavy weights and hanging out, <laughs> and you know the, the the genesis of our profession I think just never saw where it actually w- will be going, and it's almost a profession that especially informalized you need a lot of education, like way more than, than you have. That is way encompassing so much of what you're doing. It's it's you need to have therapy. You need to have basic counseling skills. You need to understand yes. spirituality, mental health. You need to have interpersonal, intrapersonal communication skills. You need to have coping strategy mechanisms like it's a lot more than what is being offered. I I think, and it's it's, it's ceremonial, as you mentioned, I told him in that it's a rite of passage. Yes. It's setting the stage. And I think we're just nowhere near what needs to be done to, to meet that need, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that for whatever reason, the, the fitness industry just started focusing in on, um, more of the clinical kind of stuff, yeah. you know, which which it's not like it's great information. Yeah. But there has to be some kind of a uh, a good balance or harmony between that and like you're saying, the spiritual aspect, yeah. the emotional aspect. Um, I just feel like they they tend to they do address it. But it's like in so many different segments. It's like, yeah. how is this how does it all work together? You know, yeah. like because that's what people need to know. And and then help them, you know, learn how that works for themselves. Like how, what's their unique way of experiencing this and help them do that. But um, yeah, I think we just got off track with wanting to know everything or try to know everything and then you can't know everything. But no. you know, that's that proving and defending way of being. And so once you get out of that and you, you step into your imagination, your childlike curiosity, uh, your, you know, your openness to know what you don't know or to not know anything, you know, like, like a child does, then you, then you can be open to all kinds of possibilities and healing within that. So that's where I think we're going with it. Um, we had to kind of go from one extreme to get to the other, you know? So, um to the to that middle ground. So um yeah, I, I didn't like that either. And yeah. it really turned me off just because it felt so like boring and heavy and dense. And although there were aspects of it that were really helpful, I just found that like there was nothing that connected me with the information. Yeah. So uh it lost me a lot of times. And even though I have a background in corrective exercise and I understand all that stuff. I'm really good at it. It's just boring sometimes, you yeah. know. So um I like to bring in, like I started reading, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, now I can't remember her name. Um, it'll come to me, but, uh, there's a book, um, called heal your body and she, and, uh, and, uh, you know, it goes through the areas of the spine and, and co- correlates emotions and, and all kinds, of, it's an old book, but it's still very valid to this day. Like it's, it's great to use, to look at, like, see what's coming up for you in each area of your spine. Like, you know, um, what are you dealing with on an emotional level? Like, because this is all relevant, you know, it's, and, and but we, we did, we discounted it pretty heavily in the past, yeah. but I think now we're realizing, wow, this is really powerful, you know, and this yeah. is a, an amazing healing tool. It doesn't have to be really complex. It's just, Hey, let's, let's let this motion move through here. Can we release this? Can we surrender and let go here? Um, and that's a huge part of it right there. You know, I
0: think is kind of like, we have spent so much time on the hardcore science of, of origin insertion study of how the body moves, exercise, physiology, hormones, all that stuff. It's all good. it's all i'm not saying that's not good but we have completely dismissed the other things as kind of woo woo yeah these are spiritual stuff why do you need that but i really believe people are wired that way and that they've just been told they're not supposed to be into that and especially in physical activity but and now it's like people are like why haven't you met this need for us for that it's the story is incomplete like woefully incomplete to me Yeah.
2: Well, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, some people don't, there's not as many religions Mm -hmm. anymore that are prominent in our society. And then we have, you know, we're looking, we're looking everywhere for answers, but we forget that, um, the answers are all within each person. It's all within each of us. And so, that's why it's so fundamental to get back to prioritizing time with yourself. Can you be alone with yourself? Yeah. Can you can you be comfortable there in that place? Can you of coming back home to yourself? Do you have a practice of that? That's that's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, maybe just laying on the floor for 10 minutes and doing nothing. I mean, it could be as simple as that. Right. It could be a walk outside in nature. Um, it could be a meditation. You know, how comfortable are you setting aside and prioritizing that time for yourself so you can really hear what the messages that are coming from you, because that's where the answers come from. Yeah. It's just a matter of if we're tapped into it or not. Are we listening? Do we know how to listen? Um, doing how to breathe properly, doing how to get still and be present, like that pure presence is yeah. really where it's at, you know. I wonder
0: what, as I'll okay, let's, let's say some of our larger entities in our business, whatever it's a certification organizations, media companies, what could they be doing better? And I see they meaning us, because we're part of it and the whole thing, what could we be doing better to have better messages? And better messengers for what we're discussing. i kind of a more well-rounded professional.
2: You meaning the corp. You're saying like business yeah. and corporations. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. That is such a good question. There's so many places to to start with. That I would you know say. Uh, with, with the bigger companies, like finding integrity within mm. there, there needs to be some integrity there. Mm. That's that I'm not seeing, you know, And, <laughs> and
0: <laughs> call it out. Allison.
2: <laughs> so as, as long as people and, and, you know, companies can hide behind a company because they're not an individual. So yeah. it's, there's that like, Oh, well, it's not me. It's the company, you know? And well, that's, that's BS because, you know, it's like, it's, everybody has, you know, everybody's involved. It's a, it's a, it's a collective of people that are running a company and uh, you know, it's, it's up to that company to have a collective energy of integrity within it. So somebody's got to show it, you know, the leaders, uh, you know, ideally the role models in that company would be the first to, to do that. But um, you know, maybe, getting to the CEOs, you know, and helping them understand what it means to really live a life uh, that way of, of reverence for yourself, your health, uh, you know, that translates into other people. And then, you know, you can bring in all these, these, the separation within yourself together. And that's what true integrity is, is like, you're living by your values. You're, you're doing the things you say you're going to do. You're, you're being honest with yourself. You know Um, I I don't see that in a lot of our leadership in in both politics and in corporations right now. So um, I say, you know, and, and there's no way we can make people do that in those situations, really the only thing we can do is just start with ourselves. So if you start to work on yourself, that's actually pretty powerful because we Again, if you believe in the oneness aspect that we talk about in spirituality, if you're changing things within yourself, that translates into other people changing themselves too. And so that, I think it would be the most powerful tool is you finding integrity, knowing what that looks and feels like, and then you're you're gonna be less likely to, to either, you know, support a company that's not showing signs of integrity, uh, that's, you know, uh, along with your value system, or you would also just, um, you know, you, you wouldn't first support that. And then you, you would also go by your own authority in a way. So you wouldn't get pulled into that kind of influence. So those are two powerful ways that we can just start to begin with ourselves. And we have, you know, that's, that's a lot of power there in itself. It's, there's, You know, sometimes we can't change anybody else. We really can't, actually. We can only just change things within ourselves, and then, you know, that's that's all you can do. And it's and it's it's not a it's it's pretty powerful. It's it's not like a small thing, you know. So, I think that is where I would start with people. I don't, yeah. I've I've been thinking about the companies and how you know, some of the things they're doing for years and it, and it doesn't seem to change. They just change names. You know, they change Mm -hmm. company names because they don't, no one wants to take responsibility for what was happening. And so the best thing that people can do is just start to take responsibility for themselves and own their own experience of their life. And then who knows what could happen then, you know?
0: So on, this is, all right, I'm gonna think. I have to think about how I <laughs> want to say this. I'd like to have thoughtful responses. I don't just like blowing stuff out of nowhere, you know. <laughs> I think, you know, it's I learned that in my education and having thoughtful responses and things. But what is the responsibility you think, maybe a lot, maybe none, on your mind, for the individual health and wellness professional to maybe, how do I say, it, maybe be critical or be. Have a voice towards things that are clearly not right mm. that you see. Let's say someone says, So, this is a big thing for me. If, like, someone says, Hey, these are the three best exercises, and you like know in your mind, okay, that no, like, is it your responsibility to say something about that or just to let that go? Or how, how do you navigate that?
2: Well, I- If it's somebody that you're working with that's hiring you to do a job, you know, to help them, you're guiding them, then you would you would you now have the authority to help, you know, to interject into that. But if someone who you generally I don't give people information or advice unless they ask me, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I go by that rule. And then if they're paying me, then, you know, I'm also giving them advice and guidance, of course. But other than that, if, if someone feels like that's the right exercises, or those are the right exercises for them, or they want to recommend that to people, you know, that's their, that's their thing. You know, it's, we're not always going to agree on everything. And, and honestly, there's so many different things and ways to go about everything. And I appreciate it all. I mean, I, I might not agree with it, but I certainly have respect for if, for someone, if they want to do it that way. Um, and there's always consequences for things. So sometimes people need to feel the consequences mm. of certain things so that they can learn from it. So if you're not allowing them to go through with something that might not be the best thing, maybe that's robbing them of
0: As summer nears its end, Biltmore invites you to come and linger longer with discounted overnight stays. Now through September 22nd, save up to 30% per night. Summer is fleeting, but there's still time to make more memories and experience all the wonders Biltmore has to offer. Plan your stay and save
1: at Biltmore.com.
2: An experience they're supposed to have. So I always think, you know, everything's happening as it as it is supposed to. And everybody's making their choices on what kind of experience they'd like to have. And it's not always just bad or good. So I would I I, I love to say, like, go neutral, you know, uh, if it's triggering you and if you're getting really irritated by it, that's also something to reflect within yourself is why do I feel the need to uh, to you know, say this about like how wrong this mm-hmm. is and what's going on within me that is so strong that I need to, you know, uh, take a stance on this. So, um, that would be where I would first start. If it's, if is it bothering you? And then secondly, um, like I always say, once you've chosen a direction for your life, you've made a decision on a way you'd like to go, then go neutral because neutral is, is always where we, you know, the Buddhist talk about this, like, uh, neutrality is, is staying open to every possibility out there because there's no right or wrong. It's everything is, is, it just is, you know, there's just possibilities. So it's up to you to choose what kind of experience or possibility you'd like to have. So, um, but when we take a stance or we close ourselves off to something and we're, we're saying, Oh no, this I'm right. And they're wrong or vice versa then we're not open to receiving information, opportunities, new connections in our life, all kinds of things. So although, you know, there are some things that you do want to take us, I think would be good to make it. I call it a decision. I'm making a choice Mm -hmm. or decision about something, and then I'm going to not like make others wrong about it and me. Right. You know what I mean? That's what going neutral to me means. And it's, it takes a lot of discernment. It takes a lot of discernment, but you have to just kind of go, go back and think, okay, what are, what are my intentions behind this? What are, what is my motivation? What's triggering me? And if you can reflect on the the deeper aspects of why that's bugging you, um, then you're, then you'll find the answer, you know, and it always relates, um, you know, a lot of times it relates back to our childhood and we're just we're playing out these subconscious stories with people that are now adults with us. And it's the same scenario, but it with different people, you know? So um, that's another way to look at it too. And that's what I've used in my life because you know, when I do things like that, when I make, when I'm right about this, this is the way to do it. I used to do this with diet, you know, with, with yeah. nutrition and there's so many different ways to do it. And i am just, it's frustrating because you can, <laughs> you can look at somebody until you're blue in the face and tell them this diet is the, this is the diet, you know, the, you know, and they, they would still they would still not believe you and they'd want to do a different diet and think, Oh no, this diet's the right diet. So who's, who's right. And who's wrong. I really don't know, but I know what's right for me, you know, and that that's really all that matters. Um, And then another person gets to decide, you know, if, if that's right for them, or if something else is right for them, and if you're coaching them and guiding them through a process of discovering that, then you're giving them information on what you think works. But ultimately, um, it's up to them to decide what works for them. And so that's the hope that I have for all my clients as well. So um, that that's what what I would uh, I would uh, really just focus on is like what is what is coming up for you, right?
0: What's the potential responsibility for a fitness professional and helping to kind of raise the quality of our profession?
2: Well, I mean, I, I believe it would be to, you know, like we mentioned earlier is to work start working on yourself. And um, it's not going to, it's not going to happen overnight. This is going to be take time, but start to really own the experience. Like what kind of needs are you trying to get met through coaching? And um, Mm -hmm. is it something that you're doing uh, because you want to learn? Are you curious? Are you excited for the experience? It could be both at the same time, you know. But um, I would say really getting clear on why you're doing it and not just doing it. Because like, I I remember when I started in coaching, in personal training, I was doing it because I was good at it, you know, and, yeah. and this is something that was easy for me. I'd been a gymnast for so many years and I'd always, you know, done, I'd done gymnastics coaching as well. Yeah. And I fell into it. I, I went to exercise science, uh, school for exercise science and And so it was really easy for me. And I thought later, I'm like, what did I go into that? Because it was easier because I really wanted to, you know, and those are the questions to ask is, you know, and then from there, start to think about what you'd like to learn about that. Cause like a fitness in itself could, there's many, many avenues and topics that you could go through with that. And and my son who just graduated high school, he wants to be a personal trainer now. And I told him, I said, there's so many options, way more than when I started. So it's a really great field to get into at this point, because like it is very, um, there's like, you could become a shaman and be a fitness professional at this point. True. There's like so many <laughs> so ways true. to go, you know? So but how it's, do we it's, tell it's people exciting. about
0: that though? But see, like you're, you're saying that and I'm not sure a lot of people are knowing that, that they could yeah. do both. How does that message get out further that you could be a shaman and a, like, I know that, but I don't think a lot of my colleagues know that.
2: Like, yeah, well, I mean, I think, It's, you know, partly we're 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 trained to take ourselves super seriously, you know, especially. (laughs) (laughs) So serious, so seriously. So when you can just start to not not do that anymore and not worry about what people think (laughs) and start to make mistakes gracefully and enjoy the process and really just learn your own process, really. Um, then it'll it'll pull you in certain directions and then you'll follow that. But until you really hone into your own intuition around that, it's going to be hard to know what direction to go into or what what's available. I, I don't know. Um I mean, I, I, I mean, I do know how I got involved with Paul check, but that was for me the yeah. what opened the gates to all this stuff in a way that I was really curious about. And I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know someone like this existed who was offering this in fitness, but he was, and it was incredible. And he was really the only one that I knew of during that time. But, you know, fitness isn't just about being in the gym. And, and, and I think it's about really opening our mind to other ways of seeing this profession because movement itself has been around forever. And, and we have the art of movement as well. So we could bring in the artist and the athlete parts of ourselves and and bring them together to to create a business that way, instead of just thinking of just the athlete, like the athlete's wonderful. We have persistence. We have many wonderful attributes that the athlete brings competitiveness, you know, may not need as much of that, you know, but, but, uh, but also we forget about our creative side of that. And so the creativity really tapping into your imagination and your creativity yeah, I think has been lost somewhat in the fitness industry. <laughs> so maybe if we can reignite that within ourselves and we can see us see ourselves as so much more, there's more potential there. Because I do think there it, like you said, Darian, it's it's very limited in in how our perception of our field. Right. Yes. And um and, and people just tend to like don't they don't go outside that box for whatever reason. I'm really not sure. but um, <laughs> I thought, you know, I'll bring a book into the fitness realm that talks about woo because everybody's afraid to talk about woo, you know mm-hmm. and um, but it's fun and everybody secretly knows how much fun this is, but why aren't we like acknowledging that you know? So uh, for whatever you know it and maybe it's because um, you know when we brought in the boot camp like, mindset. It it wasn't supposed to be fun anymore. Like, you know, in the eighties, we had all the aerobics and everything and then Jane Fonda, and it was a little bit more fun. And then it got not fun anymore. And it got really like (laughs) serious, you know, (laughs) now I think we're heading more into that joy, but more in a healthy way. So way we're not shaming ourselves. We're not trying to, you know, look like the standard fitness person. Mm -hmm or whoever we think we're supposed to look like, we're actually, we're, we're going to look like how we want to look like and, and create that, um, that new reality, you know? So it's, I think it, it's really a matter of us tapping into our creative creativity in a way that we can create a new reality around this, because it is, it's going to become something. I thought about this the other day too. I, I can see it becoming something so different than when I started, you yeah. know, I mean, I do remember beginning early on, I was like, this is boring. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why I think I got caught up with, uh, with the check Institute because I was yeah. so, it was just like, is this all there is, you know, like just getting yeah. on a machine and counting reps and sets and, uh, so, um, you know, yeah. So I think, I think there's going to be, because fitness is, is so much more than just the body. Like we're, we're realizing it's, it's, you know, it's, it's harnessing the energy of the mind and directing it. And then you're, you're learning how to listen to your intuition. I mean, what, what has a a new thing that has come on, uh, on the scene lately is media. Media has become a junk food, the junk food of the mind. Right. And so, we got to like evolve as well as trainers to bring all that other stuff in. And we're seeing like as as technology grows, we're also going to have to change and shift our our ways of helping people tap back into their natural selves is the way I see it. And so with that, you, you got to be discerning with technology, too. And I think that's another thing. It's not just junk food. It's actually your media, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think when we start delving into these other parts of ourselves, let's take, for instance, like spirituality, people make an association with religion to that and they get, but it's also like what has been their exposure to religion or spirituality, they may have a very positive or very negative connotation to that based off of their exposure to it. Religion is just one outlet of spirituality one thing and not necessarily bad again depends on your vantage point and how it's been addressed to you but i think we look at these things and then we go "Oh, that's just weird stuff that has yeah. no place in this and i always say this has everything to do with all of this just as well as the mental health aspect of it and environmentalism as well for that yeah. and i mean all of these things make up you as a human being for some reason we're like afraid to go there all the way. And I, and I think also like, I, one of the things I do my own personal thing is like, when I go to conferences, I don't need another uh, presentation on how to have better technique or tactical training. And I'm not, these things aren't bad. Yeah. Listen, I've been doing this most of my life. Like (laughs) I don't need more discussions about exercise physiology. I want to go to presentations that are about spirituality, compassion, empathy, uh, the things that What's happening on the ground level for that? I don't need another white paper to, to look at. I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, totally. I'm I don't yeah. want to attend those yeah.
0: other things. You know, yeah. I don't want to bounce around and like, you know, I was like, I want to like, where are we headed? I want to be a part of those things. Yeah. And, and that's, which is why I'm speaking about compassion, how, the, how the fitness professional needs to learn how to become a more compassionate individual work on the self first.
2: Yeah. And yeah, because they need to love them, know how to love yeah. themselves so they can teach other people how to love themselves. You know, it's, it, it doesn't comes matter down if to you that. know
0: where everything, the origin and insertion of everything, if you're just bad with people. I mean, it really doesn't matter.
2: <laughs> it's true. It's really pointless. I've seen honestly. some trainers that are, yeah, they just aren't people, people, right? And I'm like, right. you, you got to know what that you about here? yourself, though. Yeah. Like, you can't go until, <laughs> I
0: used to, when I used to certify <laughs> trainers to career college, I'd be like, listen, you have to know this. Like, are you, is this your thing? Like, personality wise, yeah. it's on we're on a spectrum of that. But like, dude, you're not you're this is not for you. <laughs> like,
2: I mean, exactly. You have to be you have to like. Relationships, it's really about relationship relationships. Building. It comes down exactly. So what's your relationship like with yourself? What's your relationship yes. like with your partner? What's your relationship like with your kids? You know, your parents, all of these things, it all comes in. Right. Yeah. And that's gonna, it's gonna translate into your relationship with your client too, you know. So it's 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 just a deeper awareness. And so if if you as a trainer have that deeper awareness, now we're not, I'm not saying you got to know it all right out of the gate. Like it's gonna take experience, and you're gonna be, you know. Getting um, tuned into your intuition is really helpful because then that can kind of take you in the direction you want to go in to learn what you want to learn when the time is right. Um, but then beyond that, you know, then you get to uh, really guide your clients with a lot of awareness, which yes. is super helpful for them. Right. So um, and said it's, it's good for the trainer, too, because then you you understand like you've been down the road. Many of your clients have been down already, you know, you know, the deal and many of clients will come to you because you've been through it. And so you're really helping your, your past self when your clients come to you, you know, you're helping heal that with them. So Yeah. yeah, it's a, I agree. I think, um, that it just got so bland and boring for a while and again it's not that it's bad information it's just yeah. how how much do we need to know about that like i think there is a there is something as as you go like when, some people don't really talk about this that much but and paul talks about this sometimes and um you get to a place with anything you do really it could be like a you know um a, a michelin star is it a michelin yeah star michelin star or something. yeah Yeah. Chef. I mean, you could, you know, you do it long enough. You're going to develop some kind of intuition, some kind of intuitive abilities around it. Like I watch people move. I've probably watched people move for the past almost 20 years, almost every day for, I don't know, four or five hours each day, you know? And and it's like, eventually you pick up on how to watch movement and what you pick up on that. You know, it's like it becomes just another ability that you, that you get that you have because you've seen so many people move. So you can, start to decipher between, you know, like you can read energy in the body and those kinds of things. So yeah. it's, it just, it, it's just going to take experience though. You have to give yourself the space to yeah. learn and to grow that way too. So I don't yeah. think we, we give ourselves enough of, uh, patience and space and we want to do it now, but we don't understand that, you know, the, the, the journey to get there is, is where you, where you learn all these things. It's how you yes. integrate it, you know? So, but
0: wouldn't so it wouldn't be great if like, before you even got in the business, you had, you were armed with all these tools. Like if you yeah. were to take a course that was like the mentally well exercised professional, how, whatever, you know, whatever courses, you know, coping strategies for working with clients, things of that nature you may not have the experience but you, at least you have some knowledge of what it may be like and what things you could do to help arm yourself when working with people and but we don't do any of that we want you no. to know about the krebs cycle and phosphocreatine system again not bad not bad stuff good stuff but like i don't know i've been a trainer for 22 years it's really played almost no no uh-uh. significance in how well i've done as a trainer Exactly. Like zero. But that is what is taught primarily in schools yeah. is you need to be a good biomechanist, motor learning person, again, good stuff. But I'm not sure that makes you amazing out of being a trainer.
2: I, I don't think it does either. I really think, you think you think can. I think it's good for foundational, like you need right. the foundation. Right. I mean, like it can't my son, be everything. That's be, what it is, though. It's Right. right. Like exactly. <laughs> but it's like at some point there's a stopping point and you got to develop other areas yeah. of yourself like you can't. Yeah. And I, I see that, too. It's like I, I don't know whether it's like just people want to just stay in their lane. They feel like yeah. they can't go outside the box of yeah. that, you know, and I, I get it. It's a safety thing. Like you don't want to, sure. you don't want to sound incredible. like that. You're not, uh, uh, you don't want people to not take you seriously. Sure. You don't want to seem like you're, you know, crazy, but at the same time, like, it, it's really interesting. We tend to separate this out in our minds is like, uh, we have all these indigenous cultures all over the world what? who have been practicing this stuff forever. Like, what? And there's, and we give a lot of merit to that. We put a lot of importance on that, but yet we don't like translate that into our lives because we yes. haven't had any kind of ceremony. We've lost our, our, that kind of thing. And, and the ceremony, rite of passage, those kinds yes. of
0: transitions, very important
2: yeah. things. So important. We're even like so afraid of death now that we don't even want that to happen. But, <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's like, it's like you, it has to, and you, and there's, there's a sacredness to all of it. And there's a reason why. So, but we have lost that knowledge. And I think that's a big part of it too, is we have, you know, our, we're, We're just too intellectual at this point. Like there has to be a connection with the head and the heart. And that comes through the intuition, you know, and um, learning, listening, starting to listen to your higher self, cleaning up your consciousness, you know, going through your subconscious stories and resolving that trauma around those. And then once you can start to do that, then then that opens the door up to your higher self aspects of that and your true connection to the divine and source is what mm. I call it. But, and that's what all the, that's what these people are doing in these indigenous cultures all over the world is they're still doing these things, you know, where they're, they're honoring, they're honoring uh, their, their themselves, the earth, um, everything they're appreciating it yeah, and they're blessing exactly. it, you know, and there's something to that, but we, oh, we a don't do that.
0: We don't do it. <laughs>
2: And that's even something I've started teaching my clients is like, okay, it's not a religious thing at all. It's just like, what would it, you know, start to experiment with blessing your food or it's an appreciation, um, kind of, uh, practice here is we're, we're beginning to slow down. We're becoming present, even just being present with your food. Cause I found so many people don't even, they're not present even with the food that is sitting in front of them. They're yeah. trying to eat it really fast or they're eating on the go or they're eating whatever is available instead of just sitting with it and blessing it, you know, and appreciating it. Wow, this is amazing It's you know, it's, whatever you want to say. I just bless my food, and I imagine like the a, a nice, beautiful white light coming in and just expanding out and filling it with love, you know. Yeah. And then you're bringing it into your body in a very graceful way, rather than um, like a lot of people who experience food sensitivities, they might have a lot of anxiety around the food they're eating, and this translates into how you assimilate it and digest it. So. Even just thinking of little things like that, little ceremony that we can bring into our life on a daily basis, I think is super important, but people have to, we have to start being open to that. And then, and that's a, that is also realizing that what we've been doing, isn't working, you know, it's not working more, isn't better. So let's try something different. Right.
0: (laughs) That's the crazy thing in our business is like on a conservative level, 15 to 20% of the population uh, exercises regularly. That's conservative. And that's been like that for 30 years. We're not, something is not working for that. And, uh, you're right about the, like the ceremony thing is interesting to me because I feel like we're just trying to obliterate ceremony in our society. When I think very ancient people realize the transitions in life are really important. Yes. Honor that you're moving from one phase to the next and to slow down and recognize that and move towards this new beginning. it's like we're just trying to fast forward through that, or we're trying to just deny the reality we're in and live in a different reality that is just highly stimulated
1: through the internet.
0: So we're just like trying to I don't. And then death, if you're really young, that's for someone else. That's like, oh, that'll be cured (laughs) at some point. You know, like that. That's not for me. It's crazy. Yeah, when I was in my 20s, I took a death and dying course in college. And it was awesome because you have to confront these realities. It's a hundred percent. It's like there's not like one, you know, it's a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, we're all gonna die. It's like the one point. of the most
0: sure things that and you're gonna get taxed every year, man.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> getting exactly. out of that. Exactly. <laughs> so true. I wish that wasn't the case. But, I know, you know, you know, maybe we can like change can we that get rid reality. Of that part? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but
0: if you <laughs> that may, may that could have some hope, the other one is no hope. Yeah. (laughs) Well,
2: you know, I think we die from our our physical bodies. Yeah, of course. we are, you know, our essence, our soul, so to speak, is is going to go to different dimensions of reality. You know, that just what I've seen in my own experience with uh, after my dad passed away. Yeah. I just, you know, he showed me in my dreams, all these different dimensions of reality that he was going to. And I was like, whoa, this is amazing. And you could chalk it up to, oh, this is my imagination. That's my dreams playing things out. But um, what I really felt was that uh, he was trying to tell me that like, it's not it, it it's it, our bodies are our vehicles of perception in this in this dimensional reality. But there's other yeah. realities out there. So there's not it's not death as we think it is yeah. you know and that's how i see it but but so i think that's why a lot of cultures have made death sacred because it's a passing on it's like just it's similar to giving birth to a baby yeah. it you're you're helping them pass on to the next dimension of reality so um but we just haven't been taught that that's the case so yeah. Yeah. It's
0: funny like right, it's like two fitness people talking about consciousness, spirituality, uh consciousness living beyond our physical self um and like uh if we said this like 10 15 years ago, people like you're crazy. People <laughs> have been like, no, we're going to talk about metabolism and hormones and we're gonna talk about like yeah, but the world's moving on in the sense of like recognizing yeah. that Man, I really think people are wired. There's this frequency that people are wired to believe in things greater than themselves, be very emotional beings. Just that we've spent this weird last hundreds of years, like trying to get people to not be emotional, like just tamp it down. (laughs) Dads who don't say, I love you, you know, Mm -hmm. all this weird, crazy stuff. It's like these are natural blossomings of humans. Yeah. For some reason, we're like, that's not cool. But I think that's changing.
2: It's the feminine, you know, it's the feminine aspect of all of us, like whether we're a man or woman or anything else, you know, it's just like we are uh, it's the divine feminine. And that's what is the unknown. It's the, um, you know, uh, it's the emotional aspect. It's the chaos. And to some extent, it's, you know, it's. it's also the void, you know. It's that space in between um, that we take for ourselves to create opportunity to create, you know, all these beautiful things in our lives. And so, um, by becoming more present, you get more familiar with the fem- the divine feminine and uh, more comfortable with the unknown. Because I think that's a big part of it. I just think people really have a hard time with the unknown and we want to control all the aspects of that, which is impossible, but yet we still try. And that creates a lot of anxiety that could actually affect your metabolism. (laughs) You know, it can do all kinds of things to your physiology. But yet we focus on the physiology, which is important, too. I'm not saying not to look at the physical. And at the same time, I've seen a lot of great results from people just, um, changing their spiritual wellness, their spiritual fitness and, uh, going about it that way too. And just cleaning up the consciousness, the subconscious stories and those things that are really creating a lot of anxiety, which create physical, um, issues too. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going into a new time where we, people are calling it, you know, we're going into the age of Aquarius. So <laughs> that's a very, and it, and it, I'm believing that, wow, this, yeah, is, this, this is, is real because I'm feeling like there's some major shifts and they, I mean, I'm a totally, I have a totally different perspective that I did like, I don't know, 10 years ago.
0: Same here. <laughs> I mean, it's,
2: so many things have changed. So, um, and yes, we can talk about these kinds of things more comfortably now, because I think a lot more people are open to it because yeah. we've had, you know, many upgrades in our consciousness, um, recently, which has been great. So I hope we can continue on with this, you know, and, and I think, you know, trainers will also, you know, it, it, it was, uh, Really interesting that all the trainers were kind of out of the, out of their jobs during this time, you know, but it was good for, for re, um, kind of like losing that part of themselves, their Mm -hmm. identity there and, and creating something different, which I think was, we needed badly. So, um, it was in a way, a good thing uh, to reinvent themselves.
0: Yeah. We're trying to reimagine our profession in many ways. Yeah. good timing for that. And as much like you talk about consciousness, like um, Dr. Robert Hoffman, he is reimagining consciousness to other scientists, whereas the hard problem of consciousness has always been neurons, synapses, and we're going to find it. There's, yeah. there's this physical object. And he had come to the conclusion is like, I think we're looking at this wrong, that consciousness creates the brain. The brain doesn't create consciousness for right. that. And whatever you see, you made up. You saw it. It became real because you saw it, not because your brain and the synapses told you, but that consciousness is uh, infinite and your body is a finite. And it's it's funny, like listening to him talk because he, he doesn't like that. He believes this. He, he struggles with it because he's like, this is opposite of what we think hard science is about. But he said, the evidence is too clear to have other opinions about this. And I think, even science is coming through like weird things, like, like you said, what is even the science people are talking about? It's an exploration <laughs> to different ideas. It's not like set. Yeah. Science is only as no. good as the time it's in. Yes. Science exactly. was way different before. I mean, you ever heard of Galileo? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, things change, yeah. man. Things change. It's not absolutes. Like, exactly. we need to start looking at things as being more malleable and, and I think that's what we're reimagining. We're becoming more malleable about what it is we're actually in. We've been in a long time. We're like, what are we actually doing? Like,
2: <laughs> what is this place? What, what you know, like, that's I've what I'm thinking doing for 20 Wait, wait years. a minute. Like, where am I exactly? What, am I actually
0: you? like a counselor? <laughs> like, am I actually like a, a shaman? And so am I a therapist in some version? You know, yes. Am I a interest, mediator? Yes. Am I a mediator? <laughs> like yes yes check 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 Check. check.
2: (laughs) exactly exactly you really can become whatever you'd like to become i think and uh it's it's reality is malleable and that's what i've learned too it's um yes and i've heard other people talk about being coming that's what they mean when they say that you're the conscious creator of your reality so when you can do it with intention and awareness, then you are literally creating a reality because right. like you said, like you're you're the observer, you're
1: whatever the observer. you observe
2: is what, you know, gets created, right? And right. like, so, for example, we're, we're focusing on all this negative stuff all the time, even though we're like, oh, we don't want that. Yeah. But that gets created in, in your reality because that's what you're focusing on. You know, it's very simple, actually. Um, and it makes sense to me that they would start proving that to be true. And um, but it's maybe it wasn't just we couldn't see it before for whatever reason. And now we're seeing it, you know, because we're in a different place, too. So, yeah,
0: um, Yeah. there's
2: many, many ways to look at it for sure.
0: There's definitely (laughs) there's been a very enlightening conversation. Thank you. I never know where this goes. When I talk to people, I just let it happen. I was like, "Hey, we're gonna talk." You yeah, know? I love it. It's unscripted. It just goes where it goes. Where we, where we, where we see it going is where it goes. You know, so
2: yeah, I really appreciate wonderful. your
0: time. Yeah,
2: thank so you. Thanks tell everybody how to on.
0: get your book and check. You know, the reality of seeing you. <laughs> yeah. you. How can they become part of your reality? Like,
2: Yes. Um, I have a book called Finally Thriving, uh, Your Guide to Empowered Wellness. Um, my my website's finallythrivingbook.com. So you can purchase the book there as well as I have a program that I'm starting in August. That's uh, the Finally Thriving program. And it's a uh, 12-week course and coaching program. So it's a group coaching program. We're going to go through um, some of the most important aspects of the book that I feel like would be really great for people to integrate um, and experience. And so some of these deeper aspects of really creating a practice, like what we talked about today, like how do people integrate it? Well, you create a daily practice for yourself. And what we're going to do during these 12 weeks is slowly, you know, peel away the layers, um, clean up our consciousness. And then, um, also I'm going to expose my, uh, clients to these tools that I, that I use all the time and they can create their own practice from this. So it's going to be so much fun. It's going to be the most fun, like, uh, program I've ever offered here because I thought like, like what we were talking about today, like, when are we going to have fun? Right. And when are we going to make that like important in our lives? and that's everything actually. And what we're realizing is the joy and the fun in life. If you can get to that point, that's what we all crave. And that's, that's important. But yet we, we put that on the back burner uh, because we have all this work to do first. Right. And, and so, you know, why can't we, why can't we have fun while we do our work or while we're having, you know, experiencing our lives? I think we shouldn't, have to put the fun on the back burner. So, how can you make the wellness journey for yourself really enjoyable, bringing the joy back into it for yourself, and not not making it about drudgery or suffering, or you you know you have to you know push yourself, no pain, no gain kind of mindset. Um, how do we switch gears of that to a more powerful way of creating the body and the life we really want, which is? through the divine feminine, like I talked about and, and through a way of becoming, you know, and being, and then pairing that up with your inspired action. So that's what I teach my clients. Um, and as well, I still do my one-on-one fitness coaching with people and they can always contact me. I see people all over the world and they can contact me to do a, a free initial consultation for that as well. But, um, those are the main things I have coming up. I have my, you know, uh podcast Integrate Yourself. And yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, that's it's enough. It. It's enough stuff. <laughs> I do have a I do have an audiobook that is, should be coming out uh this month in, in June. So um I haven't heard from them yet, but hopefully, hopefully it's coming okay. out this month. It, right. it, sometimes it takes three weeks, sometimes it takes a week with Amazon yeah. and that kind of thing. So yeah.
0: Wow, what a pleasure. Uh, always a pleasure to speak to another uh, fitness professional. You never know, like 20 years from now, all these yeah. interviews will be with shamanic personal trainers and stuff.
2: They're going to be shamans. We need more shamans in the world. I know. <laughs> I actually agree with you. I think so. <laughs> yeah. for sure.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, Allison Palat, is it Palat?
2: Uh, it's close. Hello, The tea is silent. The tea yeah. is silent. How do I how would I know that? <laughs> you wouldn't. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> <Alison does>. <laughs> it's French.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Alison. Appreciate it. <laughs> Thank
2: you. It. Thank you, Darian.
1: Many of us, if we're being honest, have given up hope on good sleep. But why? Well, if you're like me, you've tried everything and nothing has helped. So if we're not going to sleep well anyway, why try? That kind of thinking is so 2021. It's time to rethink our nights and days and demand more from our sleep. Talk with your doctor about how you can seize the night and day. And visit SeizeTheNightAndDay.com to learn more. From earaches to strep tests, visit MinuteClinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's how healthier happens together. Services vary by location. Prescriptions can be obtained at pharmacy of choice. Visit MinuteClinic.com for details.